born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Did you know when it talks about in the book of um, Romans in chapter 1 and verse 16 about the, the word dynamos, it is the dynamite, the power of God. In the book of Corinthians, when it talks about it, it uses that same word, and it's talking about a language. The language, same thing. And the words are power. Language, understanding, is powerful. So when you study the Word of God, because it's truth, it's very powerful. And did you know that the knowledge of the Word of God will help you in your daily life. When sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Hide thy word in thy heart that he may not sin against the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of thy word giveth light. So as you study the Word of God, you're getting power to live your life. Your life this coming year it's going to be one dull, boring thing, and you're going to be up here and down here emotionally, and you'd be surprised how quickly your life can become a wreck. And you can become a nervous wreck, a bundle of nerves. And you're going to have to be popping pills to kind of calm you down or pick you up. And all you needed was some counseling from the Word of God. You say, well, it, I don't have time. If you don't have time to stay healthy, you're going to have to make time to get well. Don't that make sense? That was a good statement. You know where I got that? From John Kent. When I see something that's good, and I like it, I try to remember it. See, it ain't all gone. That's what I said. That's why I always make mental bets. That way I don't, if I lose, all I've done is lose my mind. So here in this verse, look what he says there in verse 27 again. Declaring to you all the counsel of God. When he says the counsel of God, means the word of God. I've taught you everything. From one end to the other, I'm teaching you all that I can. I cannot teach you everything in one hour on Sunday morning. I can't do it in the three major services that we do have. Did you know in the book of Acts, they met daily. Boy, did they need a lot of counseling, huh? And with all that knowledge and so forth, did they still have any problems? They still had problems. But you see, they said, let's settle this thing. We need some people that can take care of this job. And to take care of this job, it's going to take godly men. Yep, do you realize how doing those things can irritate you, make you bitter, 
filled with hatred and jealousy. I'm doing more work than they are. Why don't they do their share? You'd be surprised how that if you're not a godly person, you're not going to perform. But if you're not godly, you can't take that pressure. The Lord's work is a pressure cooker. And buddy, does it turn up the heat. And it sure gets hot. And this is why not everybody is ready to serve the Lord. You ought to be. But a lot of people can't handle it. And that's why they don't take responsibilities. They just want to show up long enough just to high and by. But never accept responsibility because then you have to be faithful. Then you have to be committed to something. And most people are not committed. So when it comes to the Lord's work, we're supposed to do something about it. That's why you hear the Word of God. You study the Word of God. But the Word of God is so powerful. Look there in the book of Acts in chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, look in verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the Word of God with boldness. You should pray that the pastor that you have will preach the Word of God without apology, teaching it as clearly as possible, but don't take it for granted because, did you know, studying the Bible is a weariness of the flesh. But to study the Word of God is so important. I study all the time. I read all the time. I'm studying. I'm always looking for some other little jewel that I haven't talked about before, some little truth to bring it in a different way that I haven't done before. And it's, it's work. It's time spent. But I love the Word of God. But I know that I want to teach things, and sometimes I know, boy, this is, this is good. This is really going to help them. And then sometimes I say, well, where are they? It's like, preacher, we don't need that sermon. I'll see you next week. And they come and go whenever they want. They're not committed. The other thing was, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, look there. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, look in verse 24. Verse 24, talking about the servant of the Lord, because this is directed toward Timothy, a young pastor in the Lord. And it says in verse 24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, and patient. You see, one of the biggest things that's, I guess you could say it's so difficult, is being patient with people who are now where you once were. Are you patient with the people who are now where you once were? This is what God's Word is talking about. But you have to be able to teach the Word of God. You may do a lot of things, but can you teach the Word of God? You see, some people will never get to be an elder because they will never study the Word of God. They'll never get to be a deacon because they, want to be, they don't want to teach the Word of God. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be strong in the Lord. And sometimes I think, you no, know, I know a lot of people, boy, they would be really good, but... The pastor can't depend on them. They're, they're not here to do the work. They, they won't be faithful. And so I can't, I can't never recommend that one. I can't recommend that one because they just won't. They're good friends, but you've got to be committed. And a lot of people aren't committed. And so I guess that's fine with them. But it's just you're not ready yet. Just some people are not ready. They, they just won't commit themselves. It's just like when I decided I'm going to go to Bible college, I had to commit myself. Then I had to 
<laughs> Make it happen. And so I had to quit a job in Shreveport, Louisiana, put my wife and kids in the car with everything we owned, had no job waiting on me. I had a total of $15 when I went to Bible school. Stayed in a rescue mission because I had committed myself. I'm going. I don't care what it costs. I'm going. When I went to Florida Bible College on my way from Tennessee, I had a total of, well, I, I ran out of money in Orlando. And my brother was in the Air Force in Orlando. I borrowed some money from him just so I could make it down to Miami. That's how poor we were. I didn't have a credit card. I don't even know if they had them back then. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have a job waiting on me. But I committed myself in spite of all the obstacles because I wanted more. You want more? It takes more discipline. And a lot of people don't want that because it's, it's work. That's why they call it the work of the Lord. But anyway, as we're moving right along here, I want you to take your Bible look there because we're so close to it anyway. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And look at this verse also. We were here just uh, not long ago, but it deals with the protection. See there in verse 2 and in verse 3. In verse 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Did you know there's a lot of wicked people in this world? I uh, read on the air the other day about a man who sent me an email. In his email, he says, I went on to your website and I took the heaven test. He says, I failed every one of them. He said, see you in hell. And I thought everybody loved me. I'm getting the brunt of it, and I didn't even put it on the website. David Bauer did it. <laughs> we ought to have that thing changed the way it goes to him. But also, I get some nice compliments, and I, I like those a lot better. But there are people who will do you in, and they'll lie about you and deceive you. And so, you, you just sometimes you don't know who in the world to, to trust. But look what he says in verse 3. But, but, the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. But that's why he says if in verse 1, finally, brethren, pray for us. Not everybody has faith in the Lord. It's not the easiest thing in the world. The pastor is always going to be under attack. I'd venture to say that the pastor before me was always attacked too. Because sometimes you don't know all that goes on. And sometimes people will say things about you and it's not true. And knife you in the back. You know, you've got to be careful of the person always patting you on the back. He's just looking for a place to put the knife I was always told that when you get through preaching and people walk out that door, if you had a hundred people in church and three people walk out that door and says, Preacher, that was the greatest sermon I have ever heard in my life. I've never had that happen yet, but <laughs> I'm supposed to remember 97 people never said a word. And when three people walk out that door and says, Pastor, that was the worst stinkingest sermon I've ever heard in my life. I'm supposed to remember, 97 people never said a word. But you know how we do and how we think and how the devil makes that sound? Everybody feels that way. No, they don't. 
You see, two bullfrogs in a pond can make it sound like a thousand. They just croak loud. And you can always have a couple loud mouthed people that makes it sound like, well, everybody feels that way. And it's not true. People can do this to you. That's why as a good church and a strong church, you have to pray for another. Cut people a little slack. Don't be too critical of everything that you see and hear. I was always told, see with one eye, hear with one ear. It keeps you from being too critical and jumping on somebody every time they make a little mistake. But anyway, as we're moving right along, look in Psalms 41. Psalms 41. I want you to see this. There's a friend of mine that had this happen to him. I'll tell you about him. He's a real close friend of mine. And he had this happen to him. Psalms 41. Look down in verse 9. Look in verse 9. Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Who do you think said that? Hmm? Jesus said that. This is about Jesus. And guess who it was that did this to him? Judas. You ever heard of Judas? He said, I trusted him. That's what Jesus said. He said, I trusted him. He lifted up his heel against me, and I trusted him. Did you know that as you serve the Lord, you're going to trust people, but people will fail you. I hate to say it. I don't want to ever fail you, but being human, I probably will somewhere along the line. You're going to come to church one Sunday, and you're going to be expecting that preacher to have that wonderful sermon that you need to lift you up a little bit. And by the time I get through preaching, you're going to walk out that door where you could crawl underneath the belly of a snake without ever touching the snake. And I will make you feel so low. So, well, I'll never come back and hear them again. Don't judge just by that one message. I used to tell people, I says, look, I want you to come next Sunday. He says, why should I? I said, because I could preach the best sermon I've ever preached next Sunday. He says, you preach it, and then I'll come and hear it. I said, I don't know when I'm going to preach it, so you ought to hear every sermon I preach, because somewhere along the line, it will be the greatest sermon I've ever preached. But I don't know when I'm going to preach it. The preacher doesn't know how all of his messages are going to come across, how it's going to hit everybody. Sometimes we use what we call a um, sawed-off shotgun. You don't point it at anybody. You just blast away. Just hope you hit somebody somewhere. And then sometimes there's messages that you'll preach, and it's like a rifle shot. Boom, man, it's right into the heart. I had one person I preached not long ago, and he came out the front door, and he said, my feet are bloody. I said, what? He said, you stomped all over me today. I don't know if the person ever come back or not. I don't know. I don't know. But sometimes that happened. Now, I just want to read this to you. In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 14, Paul makes his statement to Timothy. He says, Alexander the coppersmith, he says, did me much evil. Did me much evil. So somebody had said some things and did some things that really hurt the Apostle Paul. And sometimes you don't know what pressure somebody else is under. You won't always know the pressure I'm under. I don't always understand the pressure you're under. I don't always understand how you feel. Now, I could say, well, I feel your pain. 
Uh, that was Bill Clinton. I, I, don't, I don't know if I feel your pain. I can't make a lot of promises. I'm a, I'm a man. But I do want you to pray that I will be the godly pastor that I need. I don't want to just preach sermons. I want to counsel you. I want to help you to understand the Word of God. I want the Word of God to make a difference in your life. And I want you, if you possibly can, to do the things that God says to do, and I know that it will be a blessing. L let me mention this to you. You, um, you know that Peter had denied the Lord. And uh, the Lord took the initiative and came to him, and, and he wound up correcting some problems. He just mainly asked him, says, do, do you love me? And Peter said, I love you. He asked him three times, do you love me? I'll just ask you this question now. Do you, do you love me? Do you love me? Ray Stanford asked his mother that. He says, Mom, do you love me? She says, yeah, I love you. He said, no, I mean, do you really love me? He said, of course I love you, son. He said, Mom, if you knew you had eternal life and you understood this, why didn't you tell me? He says her lips got tight. She started trembling, started crying, and went into the other room. But your love is shown by the things that you do, your faithfulness. Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? I'm not saying you, do you know him. If you trusted Christ as your Savior, you know the Lord. But do you love the Lord? Do you love him? I believe it's so important. I uh, want you to take your Bible and look in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. See, one of the things that pastors need to do, and that is to watch his life. And that means the purity of your life. Because we talked about the preaching, the protection, and now the purity of your life. Here in 1 Timothy chapter 3, look in verse 2. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2 says, A bishop then must be blameless, husband of one wife, vigilant and sober, good behavior, given to hospitality and apt to teach. This talks about the testimony that you should have. And it deals with the purity of your life and the things that you long for, that you desire. And as Paul made the statement, my heart's desire is to serve the Lord. That whatever your purpose or your goal is in life, it should be that it's pure, that it honors God. See, some people's goal is just to be famous or to, just to make money or just to whatever. But is it a good thing? Is it a godly thing? Is your goal in your life to be a godly individual? I think it's important. I want that. Because I know that if I stay godly, God will have to bless my life. And, and I want that. I want you to want that. I want you to expect more from the Lord this coming year than you did last year. But as one missionary put it, William Carey says, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. Are you going to expect something from the Lord this coming year? 
I want you to have high expectations, but pure expectations, because I believe that's what God wants. Philippians 1.21, where it talks about purity of life, he makes this statement, for me to live is what? Is Christ. And to die is gain. For me to live is for Christ to live. Because I'm going to take this body of mine and I'm going to yield my body to the Lord and become a living sacrifice so that God can use me however he wants to use me. Wherever he wants me to go, whatever he wants me to do. My wife Betty, she sung a special last night. Whatever it takes for my will to break. And if you really listen to the words of the song, it wouldn't take much for you to break. Whatever it is, I'll be willing to do. But it's a, it's a good song. But I want you to understand and appreciate the fact that the preacher has a responsibility. I don't want to be just a preacher. I want to be a pastor. And I can't pastor you without counseling you. And counseling you is what I do. Believe it or not, what I've talked to you about this morning can help some people solve some of their problems. What I will speak on tonight will help some people solve some of their problems. And when on Wednesday night, it will help some people solve some of their problems. You remember a statement that Jesus made whenever he was going to the Garden of Gethsemane? He had his disciples with him, and he says, Now, I want you to pray for me. And he went off and he prayed. Great sweat drops of blood. He was in anguish over his soul and the cup that God had for him. And he came back by to see his disciples and what were they doing? They were sleeping. He says, could not you bear with me one hour? A lot of times on Wednesday night we have a prayer meeting, but I teach a little bit differently because of my hearing problems. I think, can't people bear with me just one hour? Is their life so full they, they, they don't have the time? They can't do it. They cannot work it out. Do you realize the encouragement or the discouragement you can make in a preacher's life? Because it sometimes makes him think, well, what you have and what you're doing is more important than what he wants for you. And some of you may have nothing more to do than watch television. Your favorite program is on, and you can't miss that. God knows that. And yet, you're making a sacrifice. You may be giving up something really of divine origin from the Word of God that can change your life, make you think differently. But it takes time. It takes commitment. If you're working or you're sick or you can't drive at night, God knows those things. And I'm not saying anything about that. And you know that. But if you use anything that I'm saying this morning as a justification for you to get mad and angry, you're doing it willingly. I didn't cause that. I want the best for you. I want to help you. And I can't help you 
if you don't come see me. Because, see, I'm, I'm the doctor. I'm the spiritual doctor. I'm interested in people staying spiritually strong. Isn't that what you want? Or do you want the preacher just to pat you on the head? God bless you. And you never do anything for the Lord. It's okay. As long as you just come to church and pay your money, I'm fine. No, I'm not fine. I want you to grow spiritually strong. I want lives changed. I want families changed. I want kids to love the Lord and love their parents. And I want to turn the hearts of the fathers to their families and to their kids. Is that wrong? Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me. The wallet represent all the things that we do that's wrong. You ever did anything wrong? All of us have sinned. We have all done things wrong. But now God loves us, but he hates what we do wrong. And the Bible says for us to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God in hell. See, we've all sinned. We're all in the same boat. Nobody's any better than anyone else. But the Bible says that to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We're all sinners. But because of sin, we can't get in. And the Bible says you can't earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. This hand represent Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. So the Bible says that Jesus Christ took all the sin, paid for it on the cross, come back from the dead, and that if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did. There's no trick to that. It's a gift. It's totally free. All you and I have to do is believe that he did it for us. Because if you believe he did it for us, then you're not trying to earn your way to heaven. Why? Because you already have salvation. Your sins have already been forgiven. He's already given you eternal life when you believe it. So I'm not trying to earn my way to heaven now. I don't go to church or to give money so that I can go to heaven when I die. I'm going to heaven. That was taken care of years ago when I believed he did it for me. Will you believe that he did it for you? If you will believe he did it for you, he puts that payment to your account, you go to heaven on what he did, not what you do. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust him? Would you simply just believe that whenever he died, he died for you, and that you will trust him to take you to heaven when you die? So, you see, when Christ died, paid for sin, he was buried, rose again, and he's coming back one day. But I want to ask you, if you was to die right now, where would you go? If it's not heaven, and you're not sure, wouldn't you like to be? Then in the quietness of this moment, just between you and the Lord, you don't make a mistake this way. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. I'm not going to trick you. I just want you to receive what Christ did for you. I want you to believe it. If you say, preacher, that made sense to me, and this morning I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, friend, I'd like to have prayer for you. So I'm going to ask you if you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down. Just very quickly, slip it up, put it right back down. By that, you mean, yes, pray for me. I will trust Christ as my Savior, as my only hope of going to heaven. Anyone at all before we close? No one at all. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one here. Bless this church. 
And Father, we pray for good, godly men, godly families that know you and love you and walk with you, right examples. We just pray, Lord, also that as they pray for me, I pray for them, and that you'll bless us. You've been good to us and help us to be faithful serving you. And as you said in your word, even so come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.